A friendly reminder that we are in an eclipse portal that ended on October 29th. Well, technically, eclipses can last for a really long time. But if you're feeling wired, tired, fried, and strung out, that's why. These energies are so intense and everything is shifting quickly and mightily. The world stage is a mirror of what's happening energetically and we are seeing so many layers of density and brokenness, a total lack of integrity, and of genuine higher vibe alignment. It can be depressing. Just remember that we have to know what's in the dark so we can create the light that's necessary to overwhelm it. I wrote about the decaying 3D paradigm a few days ago, which ex explains what we're seeing. Not only is 3D disintegrating coming apart because of 5D integration, but the 3D systems that support the darkest of these energies are decaying, like the rotten potato I found in my bag that I posted on my Facebook page a few days ago, which caused me to think about those decaying systems. We have a visual representation of that rotting, decaying mess and mass right now. Don't lose hope. Remember, light always overtakes the darkness. Since I began writing this newsletter in February 2004, I've always said that we are ending karma in this lifetime, and that includes our own grief and energy trauma, the karma cycles we have with our karma and soul groups, our soul contracts, and those that the earth has with us. This is an important step in our ascension cycle because there's no karma in 5D. So whatever karma clearing is happening individually and collectively, it's all part of the ascension process. This week's podcast and theme addresses this important issue of karma clearing and karma. And it fits with the October energy theme of catharsis. Welcome to the High Vibes Living Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hoffman, your host, and I want to show you how to create your rich, happy, and successful life. Since 2004, I've been teaching soul congruent, mind expanding, wholeness living to a global audience. I'm known as the world's most accurate intuitive, the iconic energy savant, a best-selling author of eight books, the expert on energy boundaries, alignment, integration, and intention. And I'm the founder of the Becoming 360 Method of Transformation. I'm here to motivate, inspire, and energize you to embrace your full potential, upsource your possibilities, revive your life, and shine your light brightly. Thank you for joining me on this week's High Vibes Living Podcast. And I hope you'll learn something that tunes you into your high vibes and motivates, energizes, and inspires you and shines some light on your journey. Let's get started. I've long suspected that I had some serious past life issues around being a prisoner, being shackled, persecuted, tormented, judged, and suffering as a result of injustice, abuse of power, persecution, and control. But I had no idea until some very serious health issues forced me to look deeply within my energetic and karma core for clues to understanding why this was happening in my life and understanding how far back these energetic imprints go and to what extent I've lived my life through them. I was actually surprised and you probably will be too. For many years I joked that I must have frozen to death in a past life because I hate being cold and I always have a jacket or sweater with me, extra clothes in my car and I'm always prepared for inclement weather. 
I wasn't wrong. I just didn't know it at the time. And for the past five years, I have noticed this trend in my clients too. As I can always trace present life issues back to past life traumas and show them how they can be healed and overcome. And these past life issues generally come up around serious life issues that they feel very challenged and disempowered by. If you had a reading with me about 20 years ago, you can remember I used to do past life readings. And they were always interesting and highly correlated to what was going on in someone's current lifetime. Every challenging theme in someone's life today was a reflection of some karmic issue from their past. Let me give you one example because this is a really weird one. This one that comes to mind. So I did a karmic reading for this man. And usually in karmic readings, three lifetimes would come up. And they, you, you have far more than three, but these would be the three most significant and in one of them, I think it was the first one, he was an artist in Florence, Italy, and it was the, the Renaissance time, so 1400s, 1500s. And he was fighting with his art teacher, a very jealous, nitpicky kind of guy, over his art. Well, the, the man I was reading for, my client, was an extremely talented artist in that lifetime. And his teacher had been stealing his work and taking credit for it and trying to sell it and pass it off as his own. And it ended up being this major issue between them. And he eventually won, but it was quite a difficult ordeal for him. I described the lifetimes and he said, I'm blown away. Now, I knew nothing about this man. All I did was he said, hello. I told him how the reading would go and I started reading. He said, I'm just blown away. And I said, why is that? He goes, because I'm an artist and I paint and I'm having trouble with somebody stealing my work and trying to use my work as theirs. And I said, well, this is what happens. So that's just one example of many, many, many that I have over the years. But he's the one that came to mind because it was just so correlated. His past life was so strongly correlated to the present. In my case, some of my karmic history includes things like when I was starved to death in a French dungeon where I was shackled to a wall for expressing my political beliefs. In another place which looked like ancient Samaria, I was a powerful teacher who was enslaved by the government, persecuted, imprisoned, and eventually publicly executed for refusing to deny my beliefs that opposed existing dogma. In pre-ancient Egypt, I was an imprisoned queen on public display in a cage, shackled at the ankles and used as a war trophy to intimidate and control my people by those who had overrun and captured and occupied my country. In past lifetimes, the person, me, was immobilized, imprisoned, and profoundly persecuted, which are powerful themes for me today. I have lost everything in other lifetimes, including this lifetime, because of others' jealousy and betrayals. Have you also noticed how I've become the leading voice against content theft and theft of intellectual property? These things have been happening to me in this lifetime and most recently in my business. And I speak out and act very aggressively against people who steal my content. And since doing this for the past 10 years, I've inspired and encouraged many of you to go after people who steal your content, which is a great thing. From a karmic standpoint, though, having my property, personal assets, and freedoms taken from me has been a long-standing theme. As I looked at these lifetimes that involved extreme persecution, I could see myself move from anger to despair at my situation while I was going through it. Struggle was futile. 
escape was impossible. And in a modern day insight, I realized that the only way I knew of escaping from imprisonment was to die, which is what was nearly occurring with severe health issues I experienced a few years ago. And as you know, in this lifetime, I was paralyzed by a vaccine at age five, couldn't move for two years. I was in the hospital for two years and I didn't walk for five years. I'm also quite lucky that I can walk. I've also had three near-death experiences in which I was told it was not my time to leave, so I had to stay. And in fact, I remember the third one, they told me to stop trying to go home. I also had an acute case of appendicitis that resulted in the discovery of what would have been a life-ending problem, which somehow didn't manifest, or I would have died 10 years ago. I remember my doctor telling me that the appendix actually saved my life, even though it was its own problem. So I have the karmic scenario and I know the core energies. If death was my past life option to escape imprisonment and persecution, there are other options available to me today, which is why I'm still here and I'm still alive. Once I understood the karmic core trauma issue, which is a repetitive situation around being imprisoned, shackled, tormented, and persecution, being immobilized or imprisoned or paralyzed, again, all themes in my life today, and being silenced for speaking out, I knew it was causing the situations I've experienced in this lifetime. So I have the karmic scenario. I know the core trauma energy. Now it's time to create a different solution to end the karma and to step out of this cycle that has repeated itself so many times in my lifetimes and in my life today. And not only does the karma repeat, but you repeat it with the same people and you end up, especially with people who have a severe karmic history with you, who've caused you a great deal of suffering. Those are the people that you try and be the nicest to and you try and invite them into your circle and you try and get them really close to you. And guess what? They end up betraying you every single time. Maybe not 100% of the time, but you know what? Even giving them that benefit of the doubt, 1%, just to see if they will, it's not worth it. If you can relate to any of this, there is a powerful healing option available to you once you're able to understand and identify the karmic cycles you're part of and create new options in your life. What's the core issue around a karmic cycle? It's the thing that keeps repeating itself over and over again. And maybe it looks a little bit different each time, but it's the same kind of situation. What I've described here is my experience of karma and its trauma. There were other people involved too. What about them? Well, that's another aspect of karma that's quite compelling. I looked at my karma from what happened to me. But what about the people involved in the karma with you, your abusers, your persecutors, your betrayers, the people who abandon you, the people who are, are part of doing harm against you, and by the other token, the people who actually do great things, because there are some people who do great things with you on a karmic level. But what about them? Well, they come along for the karma ride and they stay with you and each other through lifetimes, repeating the same karma over and over again. For example, in my case, who was persecuting me and why? What was their objective in challenging me on every level? What did they want and hope to achieve? And how do they figure in my life today? You probably won't be surprised to learn that my biggest persecutors in past lives are part of my karmic circle and soul group, and some of them are my closest family members, think parents and siblings. One of my most aggressive betrayers in a past life is a man I fell deeply in love with and wanted to marry. 
although it never worked out. You can read about him in my book, multi, The Multidimensional Relationships. I had a great relationship with a man I worked with once and realized that he had a past life as a Roman guard who was one of my protectors. And I'd always liked and trusted this man. I did eventually muster up the courage to talk to him one day about this Roman soldier that I always saw around him. And I could see him like dressed as this huge Roman soldier. And I asked him about it once and I asked him if he had any interest in Rome and, you know, like the Roman army, Roman soldiers. He was a military guy in his lifetime. And he said, you know, he'd always been fascinated, especially when he was like nine or 10. He had this really strong interest. And he said, and I could see this Roman soldier. And I said, yeah, I see him too. <laughs> we were very good friends. He didn't think I was weird. He actually asked me a lot of questions about that. And it was quite interesting to be able to share that with him and to clarify that situation for him. This is the level of karma that you have. And by the way, everyone feels this. Everyone feels this. When you, for example, meet someone and your first impression of them is, oh, wow, this feels like a great friend. Oh, I feel like I've known you all my life. Or your first impression is, oh, no, you're going to be trouble. I should probably run away. You know there's karma at work. Have you ever met someone you instantly liked or disliked or, or who was hell-bent on making your life difficult? Welcome to your karma. Let's look at some other examples. And I'm going to read a couple pages from my book, Ascending into Miracles, The Path of Spiritual Mastery, here from the chapters on karma and soul contracts. If you have a copy of the book, you can read it. Karma section starts on page 81. So let me just kind of give you my impression of karma that I wrote in this book, Ascending into Miracles, The Path of Spiritual Mastery. I once took a screenwriting class and was amazed to learn that the first rule of screenplay writing is that a screenplay cannot exceed 120 pages in length, and most are between 90 and 100 pages. Even the longest films are developed from a document that is at most 120 pages of content. Yet within those pages is all the drama, intrigue, mayhem, romance, and passion that can entrance, shock, thrill, and move an audience. We each enter life with our own screenplay in the form of a soul contract that is imprinted in our minds, hearts, and souls. It contains the details of our karma, the scenes, emotions, and events that will govern the course of our life. The actors in our screenplay have been carefully selected to help us experience and resolve our karma, whose healing and transformation is the purpose of our lifetime. In essence, every lifetime presents us with a pre-written screenplay that describes every decision and action that we'll take, defines the characters that will be featured, and determines the flow of events. The ending has been written too, but it can be changed when we understand the concept and nature of our karma. Here's your soul group. Our soul group consists of the souls we incarnate with again and again because we share unfinished business and unresolved emotional energy from previous lifetimes that has created an energetic imbalance between us and they join us in each lifetime to help us work through and complete our soul contract for healing and karmic resolution. And since we share the responsibility of creating the unbalanced energy as teacher or student, victim or aggressor, abuser or the abused, we also share the responsibility of transforming it. 
everyone we know in our lifetimes as part of our soul group, which includes our family, children, partners, friends, workers, co-workers, neighbors, acquaintances, and even strangers. And then we can't talk about karma without looking at the core. And I described these, this is an acronym for commitments, obligations, responsibilities, and expectations. These core energies are very powerful. They were set by very traumatic events and they keep us locked into these karmic experiences for many, many, many lifetimes. In fact, you would be surprised to know how much you are willing to do, or maybe you're very aware of that, to resolve your karma in a way that feels like a resolution to you. It's pretty astounding what we will put up with from other people just to be able to resolve our karma. And if you're ready for that to end, let's talk about karmic resolution. This is all important because it's the reason for our lifetime today to experience it, to experience our karma, our soul contracts, to look at these relationships and create a different outcome. How do you manage this karma and the people who come along for the ride? Well, unless you're consciously aware of it, you do the same thing each time. You respond the same way. You go through the same emotional and mental actions because you don't remember you're unaware of what's happening and you're not seeing the repetition and repeating the pain without realizing that you're doing it. But with awareness, you can see the pattern, create multiple alternative solutions and have the courage to implement at least one of them. Usually the answer is the one thing that you don't want or that you've been resisting, which is often to get yourself out of the karma and to let it go. But there's a reason for all this. Isn't there a reason for everything? And it has to do with ascension, transformation, transitions, and new beginnings. If you remember from the Bible, Jesus said, you can't put new wine in old wineskins. And I don't think he was talking about alcoholic beverages. If we're the new wine, we can't set up into our new paradigms, carrying our old beliefs, habits, energies, frequencies, and karmic patterns. I've often referred to the eye of the needle in my writings about karma, which is also a quote from the Bible. And I write about karma in soul groups. And that can refer to the biblical verse in Matthew 19, where he says it's easier for the camel to go through the eye of the needle than it is for a rich man to go to heaven. But we're not talking about camels and needles here. And I think the Bible translation is wrong or it's much too literal. Rather than referring to a rich man, it should refer to a burdened man, someone who is carrying a lot of baggage. How much karmic baggage do you think you can take with you as you go through the eye of the needle in your life, by the way, which corresponds to the 4D bridge between 3D and higher dimensions? How much are you willing to delay that journey to keep your karma commitments intact? And before you say, well, of course not, remember you have agendas, motivations, reasons, purposes, and a whole lot of emotional energy tied into your karma. This is a complex situation and you aren't going to go down without a fight. What do we do to release our baggage? We arrive at what we think is its core and uncover that truth which includes the actions we repeat, our personal agendas, because we have one and sometimes many, lifetimes of effort and focus, a lot of expectations, the desire to have validation for our suffering and more. Then we dig a little deeper to find that there's a bigger truth. 
the one that lets us see the connections between every situation, relationship, person, belief, and event that we've experienced in our lifetime. Uncover the buried lifetimes that they refer to and see how we've built and retrofit our lives today to recreate them. If we aren't ready to see that yet, we'll get a big push in the form of a life event that compels us to really take notice, to explore those areas until we are willing to face ourselves and all of our aspects, history and energy, so we know exactly what's required to bring us back to wholeness or to being karma free. So often we tend to simplify karma into a continuous interplay of one-upmanship where someone did something to us in one lifetime, so we're going to get back at them in another. And that's one aspect of our karma connections. But there's so much more than that too. Deep trauma, hurt, pain, and suffering demand some kind of restitution. And we want to know that someone could do better, so we'll give them every opportunity to prove that they can. Or we want a do-over to undo past actions, so we'll engage with the same people over and over again, hoping that the next time will be different. Our emotional trauma is a sordid tale of love denied, lost love, unrequited love, abandonment, betrayal, and extreme disappointment. We aren't blameless either, as we make it our life purpose to make someone see the light, change their ways, make amends for the wrongs they caused us. In addition to our karma connections, we have secret agendas, the four karma anchors, the three ways we express karma, the four karma embodiments, and the five karma agendas. Karma is complicated, and ending it is not that simple, but it can be done, and it's time for us to consider that as an option before we dive into another iteration of karma with someone who has already let us down multiple times and will probably do so again. It's a journey from healing to wholeness, dealing with our karma, which leads to congruence in our energy and harmony and whatever is the source of our core trauma is that is preventing us from being whole. Karmic cycles are energy drains, which use our energy, limiting our ability to expand into higher aspects and to release the density necessary to achieve new frequencies and cross over into higher dimensions. Hidden within our core karma is how we've experienced 3D energy that now weighs our soul down with pain and fear, like the ballast that weighs down a hot air balloon. And if the balloon's supposed to rise, then the ballast has to go over the edge. The choice is ours to stay on the ground or to rise, to be in a karmic cycle or to forge a new path. There's really no better time than now to do this level of work as the entire universe is encouraging us to complete this and to move into the next phase of our ascension cycles. Karma is very compelling. The desire to resolve karma in a specific way is also equally compelling. We want this. We want it our way. We've worked far too hard to get this done, to just let it go now. And yet often letting it go is our only option. But how do we do that with grace and ease? How do we do that by, as many clients ask me, ending it with lots of completion and closure, getting everything tied up, leaving no loose ends and not creating more karma. I can't tell you how many times I've had someone say, I want to do that, but I don't want to create more karma. 
The one thing that keeps karma hanging on isn't necessarily what other people do. It's what they don't do. And it's what we expect. It's the kind of apology we want. It's the kind of vindication or validation that we want. And we get hung up on that. And that becomes what we want. And we cannot get it out of our heads. That is one of the problems of karma. So it is possible to do this with grace and ease. And we can throw out the ballast and soar. We just have to understand what we're doing it to follow the process to make sure that karma release is done in the right way so we can release it forever and free ourselves to truly soar into greater dimensions of potential and joy. Thanks so much for tuning in to the High Vibes Living Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hoffman, your host. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode and that it has inspired, motivated, and energized you to take a few steps towards your rich, happy, and successful life. If you need more inspiration for your life path, check out my eight best-selling books on Amazon or look at a transformational intuitive session, coaching, or program on my website, enlighteninglife.com. Be sure to sign up for my newsletter and join my over 5 million weekly blog readers. Please subscribe to the High Vibes Living Podcast. Give it a like and a review. Your acknowledgement helps others find us and get the information and inspiration they need to turn their pain into joy and their fear into confidence. Your Becoming 360 transformation into congruence and divine harmony is a step away, as is your rich, happy, and successful life. Join us each week for a new episode, and I look forward to our next time together.